It's Tuesday, December 19th. Really a Wednesday for us. <laughs> it really is. And it's for a lot of people, probably. Oh, yeah. Because I know a lot, a lot of people have Friday off. So yes. it's Wednesday. Yes. So happy hump day, everybody. Happy hump day. <laughs> I, had an in, I had an incredible animal, an animal encounter um, this morning. And I just thank you. Oh, <laughs> no, it really... It really was, and you know, I've I've done like a very good job of a lot of magical thinking with my dad having yeah. died in in July. You know, um, just oh, I pretend he's on a cruise or he's doing that. Just magical thinking, like people do when you've lost somebody that just doesn't seem possible that they're not here on this earth. And the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, my God, I got to call Dad. He'll know everything about it because my dad was Mr. Animal Planet. Yes, he was. He yes, really he, was. he really knew his animal facts. But what happened, you ask? Well, I'm going out and putting out some Christmas cards. I finally got around to writing a few last night. I'm quite behind. Um, and I open the door, you know, put them in the little mail slot, look up, and I am like, Five feet away from me, sitting on my sidewalk, eating a nut, staring at me, is a pure white squirrel. Oh, you had the albino. The pure albino squirrel. Oh, yes. That's a sighting. We had an albino squirrel mascot at Lakeview. If any of our Lakeview listeners, they know what I'm talking about. He lived right in the tree, right next to the clubhouse, and for about... Five or six years, if you saw that white albino squirrel, that meant you were going to have a good round. And mm-hmm. it was Lakeview's mascot. That is amazing. It is, it's a symbol of yeah. good luck. Yeah. And and the reason they're so hard to see is because they get picked up by hawks. Because oh. they're so easy to see. A gray squirrel blends in with the tree. Okay. The bushes, the lawn, right. whatever. The only time camouflage. a white squirrel is camouflage is in the dead of winter. Right. <laughs> That's true. And so one in 100,000 is the chance of a white squirrel. And yeah. so it's there's a few towns in the U.S. that like have a bunch of white squirrels, but um, mammologists... Oh, throw the fancy words. I know. They estimate (laughs) a mammologist, and you know who you are, estimate that the odds of a female gray squirrel giving birth to an albino offspring are one in 100,000. Wow. Mm. And the reason why you don't see them, like I said, they are the 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 prey. Yeah, the the hawks, the birds of prey, really like it when something is highlighted white. (laughs) And he just looked at me, and I just looked at him, and I'm like, I didn't have my camera on me because I was like, ah, I can't even believe this. I've, I've seen a black squirrel. Oh, yeah. I've red, red squirrels. I've never seen a I've never one. seen oh, a I've white seen squirrel. A and so I looked it up. And uh, yes, it is a symbol of good luck for days. That's awesome. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Oh. We so. had a white albino deer. Oh, my oh, God. That's really that, cool. Up at the gap. Yeah. And, and those probably get taken down real well, easily. Um, and it was on yeah. around a curve. We saw it twice that I remember. Um, but yeah, albino stuff. We have a ton of black squirrels and red squirrels. But a white, I don't think I've ever seen an albino squirrel. Oh, it was so cool. No white, like my dad's hair turned when it grew back. And, you know, after <laughs> yeah. the chemo, because he'd always colored his he hair. Had, 
A lot of funny facts. I, well, I you, bet that was hard. I yeah, mean, you think I, of those moments. I mean, I was just like, oh, oh yeah, I called dad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dad, I can't ask that dad about his, the white squirrel. So I had to Google it. Oh, man. And, yeah, there's mythology around it. Mm-hmm. and But basically, the overwhelming consensus, if you see one... Good fortune, make bets. You know, maybe I should buy the lotto tickets. Uh, Sounds good uh, to me. For a while, and yeah, and you, you know, usually are lucky. So to even have this on top is. of it, Lori, she's always lucky. I, yeah. I, I would need five albino squirrels yeah. in a row to <laughs> right, dinner right. to have my luck change. Yeah. Anyway, oh, Lord. but yeah, apparently they, you know, they don't live long because they're mm-hmm. so easily spotted. Right. Yeah. Ours was not, unfortunately, taken by a hawk. Ours, unfortunately, was run over by a lawnmower, not a lawnmower, but a car in the parking lot. Oh. Yeah. And I remember just I came out there and I was just like, no, that's our mascot. Oh. That's Whitey. People kept asking about it. And I had to tell people, I was like, oh, he's gone. You'll never see him again. I mean, they're, they're very, like, you yes, said, they are very rare. That's cool that you saw that, Lori. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. My other in the wild uh, sighting that I had is, um, you know, I'm. I was lucky. just going to say something so bad, like a great yeah. pubic hair. No, not just... that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, I, I feel lucky that you know we get to go grocery shopping during the week. You know, we don't. Oh, have to yeah, go we on don't. The to... Right, right, right. But I will report from the wilds of the grocery stores. I was in one yesterday at eight, and today at eight thirty, and they're busy. Like you know. They're busy. People are gro- people are grocery shopping. shopping like crazy, and I think they're going. You know, oh, I forgot this. I got to go back. I mean, I was like, I come in here usually. There's nobody in there. You know, there's right. there's like you know five people, and then people are just stocking. I'm like, well, it's the holidays. They've and got- it's a reminder. It is happening. It is snow happening. or no snow. It's yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, uh, oh boy, and then I got to go again tomorrow. Oh, I have to go so many times. Yeah, I, I know. Have... I bet I bet the average person that does do food preparation or you do I bet on a holiday thing like for Christmas, you're gonna go three or four times. Oh, at least. At least. Yeah, yeah. Unless mm-hmm. you are really good at list making and remember everything on the first <laughs> right. round, which or that they have everything. That's it too. You know today mm-hmm. I went shopping just for food for the two and a half year old. Mr. You... Bruce. So the baby's coming tomorrow. What are you getting him? Well, Creamy peanut butter, can't have nuts. Oh, of course not. Blueberries and watermelon are the preferred fruit. Hormel chili, no beans. Broccoli. <laughs> Jimmy Dean sausages and waffles. Ah. Um, yeah, it's a real basic uh, thing. but okay, That uh, makes me laugh so much. All things I, I, you know, didn't happen to have any. And, you know, and the kid knows if it's not a Jimmy Dean sausage. Lori, how I is that it. possible? It's the seasoning. Okay, did someone have a white squirrel as a pet? Yeah, well, we've got uh, one story here. There's one. There was one on Cathedral Hill in St. Paul, and Rini has a little story about okay. it. She, she, I told her we've got a little bit of time. But. Hi, Rini. Hi. How are you? When I Good, how are you? Great. When I worked at the Children's Museum in downtown St. Paul, a lot of times you'd park on Cathedral Hill to avoid parking costs. And there were two albano squirrels that lived up on the, that area. And I got, you got, so we actually knew people walking from their cars to downtown because we would just tell each other if we saw the squirrels that day. Oh, my that's gosh. cute. That's yeah. really cute. It really, it was so shocking to me. I was just like, wow, that thing is white. <laughs> yeah, they're really white. Yeah. And red eyes. Uh-huh. No, I couldn't. Her, you don't no. even know? No, but I Not really. Yeah, just, they're just striking because usually, you know, you. Yeah. They're just blending in unless they're moving. Mm-hmm. Rainy, that's cute. Remember the raccoon that climbed up the side of the building downtown yeah. St. Paul? Oh, yeah. 
That was the best. That was a good animal story. That we had that guy yeah, in our. I had that guy on our show at the fair. He wrote a book about it. I know he did. Oh, wow. Thanks for listening, Rainy. Happy holidays. Thank you. Have a great day. Happy Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, you know Bye. what's weird is I got, a, I got an email from the Minnesota Zoo. Because I was talking to you a little bit before the show. What are people going to do now? There's like ice rinks aren't having... You know, it's it's there hasn't been cold weather for some things. Mm-hmm. Afton Alps is open, though. I want mm-hmm. people to know. Good. But they want you to know that the tree trop... Tree top trail is open every day um at noon and they are open seven days a week the minnesota zoo is and you can see all the animals and if you want to warm up they've got the indoor building that's 78 degrees with um the zoo's tropic trail they have a a new kangaroo this year i think they're going to be busy i think they're going to be so busy Mm -hmm. because base you know kind of traditional things aren't as busy so think of the zoo they also have last minute you know gift card ideas and things like that but the whitey, Lori. Yeah, just staring at me, and I'm just like, oh, what does that mean? I got to call my dad. Oh, wait. Was Casey dad. home for you to tell him? No, he was um, marching around uh, <laughs> outside in an outfit that uh, tomorrow I'm going to take a picture of him from behind uh, with his arm in a sling and this huge army parka thrown over his shoulder, held together by rubber bands you know, hooking the buttons. because This can't. is so funny. So he can't get things over. So at least he got a couple things from Grant and Jeff. You know, yes, yeah. You guys are going to you're dressing Casey. He just has no, nothing that fits over this gigantic thing. But he's driving around and he's walking and I mean he's recovering very nicely but um, he's He's, he's a uh, he's a funny dresser. Anyway. He, well, but yeah, he's, he's not quite character. this funny. No, he's he's extra haha. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's got some clown clothes going on, trying to dis, trying to get dressed. If only and go you off. could get him put to wear the sprongs at the same time. <laughs> I think we gave oh, Grant, those away. He bought sprongs. Bought sprongs for one day. Dollars really? oh, from yeah. a store in Oh yeah, kids would come up to him. Can you spring over buildings in the hoods? Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they make them anymore. I don't know either, but it was a big trend. Them. It was a big trend for a while. Yes, it was. All right, we are Lori and Julia. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with something we can't get enough of. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler from Tressler Law. So, Ann, with the holidays just around the corner, I'm curious as to how divorcing couples with children cope with creating new holiday schedules. Is this something you work with clients on, or do people come up with their own schedules? It's really both. It depends on how well the parents are working together as they're going through the divorce process. It's always best if they can do it and maybe kind of encompass family traditions and keep that consistency for the kids. They definitely need a holiday schedule. If they can't do it themselves, then, yes, we're definitely going to step in and, and help them get through that process but it sounds like you really try to encourage people to put the kids first despite whatever is going on absolutely as i just gave the example of maybe keeping the family traditions in place that's an example of showing that your priority is the kids it's not about i get every christmas eve or i get every christmas day it's what do the kids know and how can we make sure the kids get the balance and service their emotional needs to learn more about tressler law or to schedule your free one-hour divorce consultation visit tresslerlaw.com or mytalk1071.com, keyword divorce. Here we are. Here we are. We have one of our favorites that's going to be honored next week on, oh. at, at Kennedy Center Honors Billy Crystal. Yeah, he he really, you know, and he's he's got, uh, he's going to, he's got news today, or it was announced today that he and Judith Light are going to be in this Apple TV show called Before. And it's uh, this 
psychological thriller about this child psychiatrist, Billy Crystal, who after recently losing his wife, played by Judith Light, uh-huh. encounters a troubled young boy who has um, seems to have a haunting connection to his past, and suddenly uh, Lynn is haunting him from the grave. Ooh. So it's called before. So he's kind of, you know. He's got some fun going on. Yeah, he's got some fun going on. And he sat down with Gail King this morning because next week at the Kennedy Center, it's already happened, but it'll air on CBS uh, December 27th. And this was kind of a highlight of his career. You know, it starts out about, you know, his early days as a stand-up comic and getting hired by SNL and then not getting hired by SNL and then getting going back to SNL like nine years after the first job offer. And I think this is where we pick it up, where after he did that, uh, his couple seasons with SNL, with Martin Short and oh, the Steve Christopher Guest and, you know, all of his things, he moved on. And young people won't know this at all, but there was this wildly groundbreaking hysterical show called Soap. Oh, hysterical. That was basically a spoof on soap operas. Um, I can't think of her name, but Judith Lights, you know, the woman, her mother and who's the boss, Catherine Hellman. Yes, she played the matriarch of the family and Billy Crystal uh, played uh, this gay guy. And we'd never seen this on TV. And this must have been the early 80s when Soap was on. But I think this is where we pick it up. And this is Soap. Part of his preparation happened on another show. I remember the Jody character, yeah. which was unheard of at the time, an openly gay character on television. Yeah. Well, it's the truth. I'm gay. I did the show because I thought if we could make him real and charming and funny and honest, we'd be doing something no one had done before. Yeah. And it took time to get there, but we did. He'd appear on Soap for four seasons. But it was a chance encounter with a TV legend during Crystal's early stand-up years that would eventually lead to his big break on the big screen. And the phone rings. I said, hello, is this Bill? Yes, it is. Hold on for Norman Lear. Uh, uh, hello? Hi, Billy. It's Norman Lear. We met at the comedy store. Like I had, yes, introduce himself, you know. Listen, as a part of all in the family coming up, you and Rob would be really good together. You play his best friend. The episode's not there yet, script-wise, but it will be. That's how we work here. But I think I'd love to team you two guys together. So can you get out here? Wow, Billy. So I fly out. I'd never met Rob before. Mm-hmm. And we're playing their best friends. They're a nut boy. I love this I guy. Love him. I love this guy. Over the course of the week, we just hit it off. We taped on Friday night. And he said, listen, this is... You want to continue being friends? <laughs> you know, yeah. best friends. Yeah. And that's lasted for almost 50 wow. years. They're, they are, and they are like best friends from that appearance right in the family and then here's where we pick it up going over you know the rob reiner billy crystal movies rob reiner went on to direct crystal in classic films like the princess bride have fun storming the castle and of course when harry met sally he was a perfect director because he let me invent he let us play. But we added so much stuff as we went on. Someone will come up to me and behind me and I'll go, Pepper, Pepper, Pepper. <laughs> They'll do that, right? Pepper, 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 Pepper. pepper. I said, Wait, Rob, there. 
he's in love with her. He doesn't want to admit it. No. He's not quite sure, but he's got a crush. So when you start falling in love with somebody, you do silly stuff because you like you're in love, right? So I came in and I decided we will spend the rest of the day talking like this. And she made to her that you. And she did, you, you know, know, you know, they had that whole thing and she was like looking around. Am I supposed to? Because it was totally ad lib by him. You know, when he says the best director because they let you be creative. So you hear about the really control freaks like I'm giving you Bradley Cooper. who doesn't even want people to sit in a chair. Mm -hmm. And Barbara Streisand's talking about her experience doing Funny Girl and how you working with a creative director who trusts you as an actor and trusts that you're going to deliver is just... Once you have it, you can never go back. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. Well, then, you know, they went to Katz's Deli to sit down in the booth. And there's a big sign at Katz's Deli in New York City where Harry and Sally have the famous scene where she fakes the orgasm. And he hadn't been to Katz's Deli since they filmed the movie. Really? And so that's where we pick it up at Katz's. Today, thousands flocked to oh. Katz's Deli here in New York City. For pastrami Rubens and a peek at Harry and Sally's table. I want to have what Sally had that day. Sure. And what you'll have what, what she's had. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Billy, about the fact that people come from all over the world just to sit at this table for something that you did? It's, you did that, sir. It's an amazing um, phenomenon that um, this has touched people and this little piece of history here in New York City. Um, the, the, you know, movie is 1989. Where does that movie sit with you it's, in your life? It's actually more important as time goes by. Because people fall in love every day. People fall out of love every day. People find each other. Uh, they lose each other every day. And new generations keep finding when Harry met Sally. Mm -hmm. And we're forever young in that movie. And we represent them. They relate to us. Aww. And then it segued to Robert De Niro singing It Had to Be You at the Kennedy Center. Honors as he's one of the people inducting. <laughs> that movie holds up. I oh, watched it, it this fall. I watched it this fall when it Harry is. met Sally. And, mm. you know, of course, Carrie Fisher and then that guy with the dark hair. who's no Kirby. Oh, he was so funny. Mm. And he died like a couple years ago, I think, or mm -hmm. something. That holds up. It does. So I people agree. Grant, have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Rom-com I mean, classic. Absolutely. And, you know, you forget that Billy Crystal hosted the uh, the uh, Oscars. Oscars nine times. And he was always amazing. The always. monologues. Yeah. You just loved the entrance of that, did you not? Mm -hmm. He's lovely. He yeah. Is. Yeah. So, anyway, tomorrow CBS is profiling Renee Fleming, the opera singer. I'm probably not going to be gathering clips and snippets of that. because but at least you told us who Renee Fleming was. Yes. <laughs> I wondered yesterday when we mentioned oh, her name. Yes, opera. Opera <laughs> singer. I, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and I mean, maybe I'll learn something as I'm listening to the interview, but I just really enjoyed the um, the Billy Crystal. Hey, everybody. Lori and Julia here for Minneapolis Anti-Aging and Skin Clinic. If you are... You're going, oh, okay, yeah, I better get going on the Christmas presents. We've got an idea for you. Go to MPLSSkin.com, and if you've got someone that's just hard to buy for, you can give them the gift of gorgeous skin with a gift card to M Minneapolis Skin Clinic, and they can get it out and in the mail to you, or you can pick it up in Maple Grove or Golden Valley. But now through the end of the year, you can buy a $250 gift card for $200, you can also buy a $500 gift card for 400 
And so you're getting 20% off. And like I said, you can just purchase them on the website, mailed right to you. And um, take about five days. So keep that in mind, you know. But also the hydrofacials are on sale. Go to MPLSSkin.com. All right, we are delighted for another edition of the Lori and Julia Book Club, the Lil J Book Club. We have William Kent Kruger, who goes by Kent, uh, with us in studio. And the latest book, which is amazing, The River We Remember, a novel. And last we spoke, you were at our book club live, and you read the first page of this book to us. Do you remember? That yeah, I do. such a glorious the prologue. Night. Yeah, I always read the prologue because it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Channel cats will eat anything. This is the story of how they came to eat Jimmy Quinn. I it, mean, we were just like, oh my it, gosh. It gets an audience every time. It does. It does. Hi. Thanks Hi. for coming in studio. Hey, thanks for having me again. I always enjoy being here. I know. So you've been on a whirlwind tour. Mm-hmm. What city had you never been to before that you were maybe kind of surprised at the reaction to your to your to you? Yeah, I did uh, a book event in Costa Mesa, California, at a library there. The place was packed. You know, when I do a library event in um, in Minnesota, I can expect a really nice turnout. But Costa Mesa, California, I was just I was knocked uh, <laughs> off my socks. It was, <laughs> it was just lovely to see the reception that I got there. But, uh, you know, Coeur d'Alene, Iowa. Oh. I mean, Idaho. Oh, Idaho, my that's God, beautiful. they packed them in there. But that's beautiful, isn't it? It's gorgeous. And clearly they are intelligent, perceptive readers. <laughs> and that, that's not a big population there, So, but everyone came to see you, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. We, uh, we, yeah, we packed them in. Standing room only. I love that. Well, give everyone, because this is a standalone book, and is this your third or fourth standalone? I'm trying to think. It's actually my fourth, but it's really the third I talk about. Okay. There's one we don't talk about very much. Okay. All right, so this is the third, The River We Remember. Give everyone the setup, Kent. Sure. It, uh, it's set in the summer of 1958 in southern Minnesota, an area I call Black Earth County. It opens on Memorial Day 1958 when the body of the uh, county's leading citizen, a man named Jimmy Quinn, is found floating in the Alabaster River, uh, dead from a shotgun blast and nearly naked. Um, you know, this really is a true mystery because the question at the heart of the story is who killed Jimmy Quinn and why. But it's really about a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it I sure mean, is. I mean, one of the themes of, of your book is, uh, and we, it, we find about it as the story, you know, you're such a wonderful storyteller, but different characters, their war experiences. And I'm just curious about that aspect of the book. Yeah, you know, the seed for the story was this. Uh, in the early 1940s, my father graduated from high school, enlisted in the military, and uh, marched off to Europe to fight in World War II. He was just a kid. He was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. He came back years later, a man deeply wounded in body and in spirit by what the war had done to him. Uh, I'm pretty sure now, looking back, that he was suffering from PTSD, but nobody talked about that no. back then. Or if they did, they, they referred to it as shell shock or battle fatigue. And uh, and he. My was, grandpa used to just say they came. He came back funny in the head. He's funny never been in the right. Head. That yeah. is actually like 
How lingo people, use. That was a lingo used. Yeah, you know, and he was really, he was very like the fathers of my friends, guys who, like my dad, had fought in World War II or the Korean War. Mm-hmm. And, that, I mean, they all went away kids, some not even shaving yet. And they mm-hmm. came back men deeply wounded by the, the horrors that they had seen and the horrors that they had been a part of. And all my life, I've wondered, how could you heal from that kind of wounding? And that was where the story for mm. The River We Remember began. Yeah. Did your dad ever talk to you about it? Did you guys ever no. have that? You know, when I was a kid, like all kids, I pestered him for war stories. You sure. kill any Germans, dad? Yeah. He absolutely refused to talk about the war. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that we hear that from everybody. Yeah. They just absolutely, I think it was just too traumatic to even say Yeah, the why would they want to go back and relive yeah. those horrors? Yeah. yeah. You know, and the other thing, too, that you touch upon in this small Minnesota town where this, this takes place is, um, uh, you know, the... The anti-immigrant sentiment, which at World War One it was Germans. Yep. People changed their mm-hmm. names. Mm-hmm. World War Two, it was Japanese. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember um, hearing some of my, um, well, my father-in-law had, he refused to go to Honolulu, to Waikiki. His wife wanted to go to Hawaii. And he said, no, I won't go there. All because of... Mm-hmm. The bombing, you know, yeah. and so we see this in this town, how that plays out. Yeah, this is still, um, there is still a great deal of resentment uh, toward the Japanese in particular uh, as a result of World War Two. And, you know, when I was growing up, I saw that. Because, mm-hmm. well, you, you know, people West think Coast. of this as an historical novel. Hey, mm-hmm. I was alive then. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. It starts in 1958. Yep. This mm-hmm. setting, and it's Deliverance Day instead of Memorial Day. Or it, Labor Day, which one is it? It's it it's, was it was uh, changed to Memorial Day. It was Decoration, Decoration Day. Decoration Day. In I, the old days, it was called Decoration Day. Did you? I never had heard that before. Or that's because you're so young. Oh, right. But I, re, you know, we read older books. And the other theme is that we find out a huge secret, like thirty-five pages into it, and. There's kind some other secrets. Yeah. Kind of a sexy secret <laughs> right away. All small towns have sexy, <laughs> sexy secrets. <laughs> going right. on, In a know? town named Jewel. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It's a good book. Well, thank you very much. It was a special book for me to write, mm-hmm. uh, in large measure, because I, I was able to explore more deeply the kind of experience that my father had had and uh, what it did to him and others like him. What kind, of, what kind of research did you do? I mean, did you talk to people? Did you draw on your experiences, read other books? Well, I talked to um, guys who work with veterans um, and just asked them, how do you work with veterans and what are the responses you get? And they were very helpful. Um, a lot of it was simply having observed the veterans uh, growing, I mean, because everybody's father went off to war when I was a kid. And, uh, and you know, I was in, uh, when I went, I w- went to Stanford University, and one of my, uh, one of the guys on my dorm, his father uh, was on the USS Indianapolis. I think it was in the Indianapolis. Oh, that was, the Jaws. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he said he his father survived that, you know. Night in the water. Then it was more. There were there were days in the water and the and the sharks were circling oh. and killing them off one by one. His father survived, but uh, when I talked to him at Stanford, he said my dad still wakes screaming from nightmares from that mm. experience. Wow! Yeah, these are things that don't go away. Right. right. Time does not heal all wounds. Right. Yeah, and and we you do get a sense of that in the book how people hang on to stuff. 
You know, I talked a lot about the veterans and the woundings there, but I also talked about how life wounds us in so many ways. So uh, through spousal abuse, uh, through um, prejudice, we're wounded, through wanting someone to love us and not receiving that love, not getting that love wounds us. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about woundings in all of these mm-hmm. ways and how do we heal from all mm-hmm. of this? How do we help one another heal? Did you know how the book was going to end when you started it? That's a good question. Mm, that's a really good question. That is. I'm impressed I wish I could you. tell you the answer. To <laughs> I'm, giving you a, I'm giving you a point right now yeah. for that, and we're going to write that down in questions to ask authors. Well, just I was. I'm curious on you know on this type of a book, which is, you know, it's a it's a mystery, but it is also, you know, a very I don't know. It's a a, a soulful, thoughtful right. book. So I was just wondering if you knew that ending. Yeah, I had actually had you a pretty did. good idea okay. of of the why and the wherefore of Jimmy Quinn's death. Okay. A lot of the other things that happened and uh, and the parts the other players played mm, came to me as I was writing yeah. it. But mm-hmm. I had a pretty good direction idea of where the the story was going to yeah, go. Yeah, because I, you know, I We're, I'm halfway. Yeah, and I'm about three fourths. I did not want to oh, finish so you, the book. We do, don't, don't know, know yet. Don't we don't know, know how yet. It ends. We no. don't know the twist. We don't know. But okay. I'm guessing along the way because you're setting up so many possibilities. Okay. Then I, I'm not going to say another yeah. word about don't, the well, ending. We don't want to know. If <laughs> yeah. you're just joining us, we're with Kent Kruger. William we, Kent Kruger. William Kent Kruger <laughs> on, the, on the side of every book in the world. And the river we remember. Um, how about if we just take a quick break? Will you stay with us? Because we just want to talk to you about books and other things. And Sure, I'm going nowhere. Kind of the inspiration. All right, we'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia and my talk. Okay, so we just had, for the very first time, the author do their own book review, and we will post it on our Instagram page, at Lori Julia. If you're just joining us, we're with William Kent Kruger. Kent Kruger, the latest book is The River, The River We Remember, which is kind of The River We Remember. It's kind of hard to say. Okay, so we have talked to you for so many over so many years, about your Cork O'Connor series, mm-hmm. Ordinary Grace, mm-hmm. This Tender this Land. This Tender Land. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many great books. You know, you talked about going to Stanford and you came to Minnesota and you've lived here for 23 years. You were from the West Coast. 40 what? years. I've lived here 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. That's way more than 23. <laughs> um, you know, what is, besides your own books, because you are meeting with people who are passionate about reading all the time and other authors. What is a book that you always recommend to other people? Well, the, the first book I recommend is the the, the classic American novel, um, To Kill a Mockingbird. I think it's my favorite American novel. I think it is the almost perfectly written story. But if we're looking for contemporary fiction, I always recommend the work of a guy named Frederick Bachman. Uh, oh, listeners yeah. out there a may know him. A Man oh. Called Ove. And uh, the Bear Town series. Oh. He's such a he's a, a Scandinavian writer, and he's such a compassionate writer. I just love how he deals with um, being human. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the guy from Duluth, Leaf Leaf Engel, or what was that book? Life Anger. Yes. Peace like a river. Mm-hmm. Oh. But his other one, Virgil Wander. Love that book. Yep. Yep. That's he's got another... a new one coming out uh, this year. Oh, he does. Or in 2024. Okay. Oh gosh! Now, do you? Do now you're part of this. Yeah, go ahead. The, I just wonder how many books you get asked a year to blurb. Uh, way, way more than um, I, I. I should say way more than I can possibly do, but I try to do them all. And 
I re- I actually read the the book before yeah, I'm going to blur, so. but mm-hmm. I have uh, I know lots of my colleagues who don't do that. But I think if I'm going to recommend a book, I need to make sure that it's one that I can can stand by whatever I say. Yes, absolutely. When will we see one of these books made into a made-for-TV series or something like that? Well, the Cork O'Connor series has uh, is actually under option right now. Uh, pr- production halted as a result of the Hollywood strikes, but now that they have writers and actors back, uh, things are moving forward. We have a, an indigenous showrunner. Uh, we are apparently acquiring uh, a lot of wonderful talent for working on the scripts. It's uh, It's going to be... God willing, um, streaming on one of the uh, streaming platforms. And we they don't know could which do one that. Is th- this is so exciting because, like Julia and I and Grant, you know, we've watched Bosch and Michael Conley. I mean, yes. they've done a, such a great job with that series, and you've got. So much so many source stories. material. How many books in the Cork O'Connor? 18? Currently 19. I just am uh, working on the 20th oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just it's the, the casting. Who is going to be Cork O'Connor? Yeah. Do you know? No, no idea. If they uh, if they're smart, I think they'll pick a face that's new. Yeah. Nobody has any expectations about. Mm-hmm. If you know the long running series Longmire, yes. uh, written by a good friend of mine, Craig Johnson, um, I think one of the reasons for the success of that series right. was they picked this guy, guy. Mm-hmm. you didn't know him had no expectations and he just nailed it same reacher. with the guy reacher the reacher, guy, reacher. because that same actor yeah. has been kicking around for 20 years yeah. he's 41 he's now the, he's, he's the perfect and he has completely guy. erased tom, tom cruise, cruise. Yes, he has. <laughs> yes he, he has st- put a stamp and stood on top of him because yeah. he's that much bigger do you so does it feel weird though that uh, people are writing scripts for a book that you wrote i mean do you feel like you want to be in there and be in charge a little bit you, you know we're still in the early process so i'm not quite sure how i'm going to feel in the end we'll see mm-hmm. um and you know so many of my colleagues whose work has been translated to the screen large or small been disappointed with the results so you know who knows it's a crapshoot yeah i'm keeping because of how well done you know bosch even Mm -hmm. justified you know this child reacher i feel like you are in that kind of same good storytelling vein you make it you're going to make it easy if they can write a good script which i think they can and cast the right well i really trust the hands that it's in these are people these are the the guy who has the option do you know the the uh diana gabaldon outlander series oh you told us this you told us this last year yeah so he's he's got the rights to it that's amazing and outlander's finishing you know it's wrapping up and but it's it's done huge. It's, uh, it's very huge. true to very true to the heart of the uh, mm-hmm. Diana Gabaldon's work. Have you work. ever read one? I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I I tried. I read the very first one. <laughs> I tried. There's so much sex in those books. They're yeah. very good though. Very good. And very big. Very huge. Huge. I read one. I read the very first one. Do you like so? You're, you know, Cork O'Connor is just this iconic person that I think so many people have read your Cork O'Connor series in Minnesota. Do you think, like, did a publisher when you were first starting out give you, like, or maybe an editor, some really great advice about how to write that you hadn't thought of before, like when you're starting out as a novelist? No. So really, no. You I, I can't think of a piece of advice that was given me early on as a writer that that altered or, or helped to Nothing. shape yeah. shape my work. No, try not to suck. 
Uh, <laughs> right. You know, in, in the larger uh, context, but for every novel, of course, I've had wonderful editorial eyes that have helped me uh, refine what is a good story to begin mm-hmm. with, but make it really a great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what editors do. Good yeah, editors. But, and your work, like, I still love how you write, just, you know, this, all your good with susurrating, you know, all these <laughs> lovely words that you use <laughs> to describe stuff. Is there anyone, I'm thinking of another book series that's doing very well, Tony Hillerman's Dark Winds. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's been very good. Do we have... Uh, do we have need for a third, like about a th- like a twenty eight to thirty year old native guy in your story? I'm trying to think because I'm I want to cast the, the guy who plays well, Jim Chi, oh, the detective, the younger I'm detective. I'm thinking of Sam. Will, but Sam is, yeah. You know, I'm trying to think Sam. if we have a twenty eight. Do we need? I think we do. I, Listen I, to us. I want to cast. <laughs> Lori's going to be a casting director and a publicist, uh-huh. and I don't I don't know what I'm going to be. Oh well, I'll pass along to all of these people mm-hmm. your interest. <laughs> Yeah, Zan, you know, I love Zan, Zan McLarnan, who plays the, uh, you know, Joe Lee Porn, the main guy. But anyway, that is just another mm-hmm. book series that's had really good success with a lot of material. Yeah, and Hillerman's work has been around for Long decades. Ever. Yeah. 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 Now, your buddies with Lorna. And your yeah. buddies with Jess Laurie. Her latest yeah. book was unbelievable. Yeah, she Jess is great, and Lorna is uh, just. We have such wonderful authors here in Minnesota. I know. It amazes me though, Kent, that book tours, the authors, they don't come to the Twin Cities because we're number fourteen or fifteen. Not the big ones in the market, but no. But it really, people weird. don't come here for book signings unless or book tours unless it's like the talking volumes or something. And I'm like. Here we do all this reading. Well, they don't send authors out on book tours the way they used to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have cut back tremendously. But back in the old days, when I broke into the business, uh, the Twin Cities was a major it place. Was. Because, you know, if you look at when they list the uh, literate cities, those cities that both buy books and, uh, mm-hmm. and where they circulate well in the right. library system, the Twin Cities, St. Paul and Minneapolis, were always at the top of yeah. the list. So back in the old days, lots of big authors used to, to come through here. Yeah. But they don't do that anymore. Not not okay. like it used to be. You're right about that. But I do love that with streaming, how we get an opportunity to see so many of the books that we do read come alive mm-hmm. and, and film. I mean, Daisy Jones and the Six, I don't know if you read any of her books. No. That was really good. Oh, good. That was good. really a good one. I'm trying to think of another one. that Did you watch All the Light We Cannot See? Yes. Loved Wasn't- it. Loved both the book, and I thought it was a great translation. It was great. That was the only streamer new show that made numbers in November. All it, the light you cannot yeah, see. Yeah, besides Suits and all some of the other ones yeah. that were already all the light you cannot see. It is and I, so. And I bet that a lot so of good. people that watched it probably never read the book, so that's great because that's a great story of importance. Yeah, and you always that. hope that if your work is translated to the screen, large or small, uh, because. There are a lot of people out there who watch but don't read. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you'll turn them on to your work. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> if it's done well on the screen, right. hopefully you'll turn them right. on to your work. But that was really good. And initially, people were kind of hesitant that that was going to be good, all the light you cannot see. But that turned out to be stellar, I thought. Are you watching Fargo by any chance? I, I'm not. Oh, it's pretty good. Oh. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, there was, I hear good things about it. There was like I I don't know how to describe. It. I was going to tell you guys later. There was a dialogue between Janet Jennifer Jason Lee 
and some bankers last night that was like dialogue orgasm. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> I was dialogue I don't, orgasm. I couldn't I think that. of another. I'm talking to Jeff. I'm like, I don't know what to describe that, but that was such amazing dialogue. <laughs> you know, it was well, it was this so good. Fifth season of Fargo is probably the closest iteration to the movie. Okay, the Coen Brothers, mm-hmm. you know, were. These crimes that don't seem and people stumbling into things and, you know, just the the closest to that original movie. Yeah, you know, I haven't watched the series uh, primarily because I so loved the movie. Oh. I thought, I don't know. I don't oh. know if the, what they're going to do with jump this. Jump in. Jump in. Thanks for the recommendation. And this season Fargo is standalone. Is just... It's a standalone mm-hmm. mystery. Okay. It's like True Detectives on HBO Max. We watch so much TV and read so many books as you can see. It's our job. When when do you have time to read? (laughs) Well, you would be surprised, but we fit it in, usually on the weekends. Mm -hmm. We really do. If you're just joining us, this is is a book. The River We Remember, William Ken Kruger. Pick it up. It is... It's so good. It's just so good. And you talk about the many themes and it's, it makes you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love books that stay with you a little bit, you know? Well, I'm just an old-fashioned storyteller. And I think there's a place for that in, yeah. uh, in the world today. Oh, I love it. That, that can be on your headstone. I know. We're, we're I'm just, just an old-fashioned storyteller. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. But you're all done. And so there's no, we don't need to go to your website to find out if you're going to be anywhere. You're just busy writing now. Uh, right now, and enjoying uh, w- when the new year rolls around, I'll be out and about. I'm doing a number of events across the country um, in 2024. You are, but okay. But nothing like this last year. Okay. Would you ever co-write with a favorite author? Nope. Okay. No. There we go. We're Love not going to ask you. We never, had an idea, but never no, mind. <laughs> we had an idea that we wanted you to co-write with us. I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. The look on your face is pure panic. Yeah. <laughs> To, well, with you as my co-authors? Yeah. No. Well, just, you know, you. feed me a little bit of wine, or maybe a lot of wine, <laughs> okay. and we can discuss this. To be discussed later. Pick up the book, The River We Remember. We'll be right back. Thanks, Call us. We've got Hi, two books daughter. to give away.